Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, and welcome to Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is Fantasy Football Scouts' weekly podcast, brought to you by the Scout Network. In each episode, we'll look back at the game week we have just played to assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. I'm Ryan from Football Chatbox. Let's Scout the Game Week. Today, I'm joined by a special guest who is coming off the back of what I would say is a successful wildcard, uh, but still, we've had some discussions of it, but we'll see how she feels about it. But I'm joined by Mira, uh, aka FPLMess8 on Twitter or X. Um, how are you doing, Mira? I'm doing very well, Ryan. Great to great to be on the on the show again. Um, yeah, it has been a I, I would say a successful wildcard so far. Although we don't measure the success of a wildcard in just one game week, so I'm hoping that it's still successful in a couple of game weeks' time as well. Yeah, indeed. Um, and while you've just played your wildcard, I have just activated mine. So, oh, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, well, I haven't pressed the button yet, but I've already made minus 20, minus 12, all of that. So <laughs> it's going to have to... Uh, I'm just catching price rises right now, trying to build that yeah. team value. Um, but I will be playing my wildcard this week. So all of the discussions we'll have, we'll be looking at Game Week 9, but we'll be talking about aspects of how our squads can uh, change and like... Who are we going to miss out on? Who can we get? Stuff like that. Um, but let's start straight into the opening fixture. Uh, your team, Liverpool, beat Everton 2-0. Salah with two more goals to his name in back-to-back weeks. Uh, Simica started but subbed at the 61st, 61st minute with a clean sheet intact. Um, Diaz and Nunes both got returns even though Nunes was benched. Uh, what did you think about the game? I'll look, I'll be really honest with you. I'm a I'm a Liverpool supporter. And so for the um for this particular fixture, we had Sydney meets happening um over here. And um it was really nice to be out with the the Sydney crew. We missed you a lot, Ryan, that night as well, yeah, especially because we had some of your friends, <laughs> yeah. you know, joining us as well. Uh, but it was a it was a fantastic evening and uh, there was a lot of hype around that match, uh, especially Merseyside Derby. 
And as you know, with derbies, it can go either way, right? Like even the best of the teams like Liverpool, who are firing at all cylinders this um, this season, especially off the back of a, a reasonably, I would say, poor season last season, um, they've been playing really well. And so, you know, even the best of the teams can go um, lopsided when it comes to, you know, a, a derby, basically. Um, but um I didn't think they played too well in the first half, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, 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 it felt like a little bit of a snooze fest. And, and the thing is, when you're at a pub and you're standing there watching this match, you want you want there to be excitement. You want there to be, you know, things to shout about, cheer about, that sort of thing. But unfortunately, that first half seemed a bit lull. You know, it, was, it wasn't it was sort of as... Um, it, the flow was kind of there. Like, the amount of passes that, you know, Liverpool were making was fantastic. I mean, it was just... There was general flow, but they Mm. were just not sort of creating those chances or not sort of finishing those chances as well. But having said that, the second half, um, they really did turn it around. And, you know, we saw another Salah, you know, masterclass there. And um, he got two goals, uh, of course, one of them including a penalty. Um, I think he created about three chances as well, which was, yeah, which is, you know, fantastic. I mean, he he managed to um, knock up what I think it was 16 points. So, yeah, I was really pleased that I, 15, yeah, Yeah. okay. Um, So I was really pleased that I had Salah, you know, in my team. I wildcarded him into my team. So, yeah, very happy with that. Diaz played really well as well. You know, he had um uh he obviously won the penalty and and uh you know he got uh, unfortunately that red card or fortunately for us, you know, as Liverpool um got the red card for Young and you know Young got sent off um and uh yeah, Diaz played really well. He took a couple of shots as well. Um yeah, did did all right. Jota same, you know. Um created some big chances as well and I think it was Darwin that sort of came off um uh, I'm not sure oh, how many minutes he got. He came um, on for Simikas at the 61st, 61st minute. 61st yeah. minute. That's yeah. right. That's right. And so, look, I brought Simikas into my team and I thought Simikas played okay. Mm. I mean, you know, we can't sort of forget that he is he is Robertson's sort of replacement, mm. I guess. Um, and he is 4.4 mil. At least he was, you know, when, when I sort of brought him into my team. I think he's gone up in price since yep. then. Um, so I thought he played okay and, you know, got that uh, clean sheet point, um, uh, the points there. But um, I, I guess it was one of those matches where it, there could have been goals from both sides. Like there, there could have been goals from Everton as well. So I feel like it was a really jammy, you know, clean sheet um, at that 61st minute. I was very nervous when um, there was any inclination of subs going on. And I was, you know, we were all sort of looking at our watches, wondering, you know, what was going to happen. But um, look, he didn't look great, Simikas, um, mm. but he, I mean, I just don't know what we would expect from a 4.5 mil defender who's coming on, you know, for Robertson, who's mm. world-class, you know, as well. And not to say, like, Simikas isn't world-class. He's been playing really well for Greece and um, he's often sort of, you know, creating chances. And, and he did, like, he was getting in all the right positions and getting the crosses in as well. So, you know, can't really complain, you know, from that point of view. But um, you could really see that Salah is the main guy in the team. Yeah. And, and I think when we're thinking about wildcards and we're thinking about, you know, the the fixture swings and the new formation, perhaps, that we're considering as part of going into um, the next sort of flurry of fixtures, um, Salah is the guy to have, you know, in, in your team and, and perhaps with um, a cheaper, you know, defender, Simicast, because you can then bench him if you need to as well. And if he doesn't play, then... You know, he's he's your cheaper sort of enabler 
um, defender that you've got um, in your team. But Darwin, I would say, is another pick where I think if I was going triple Liverpool, I would definitely be considering Darwin in the team as well if there was an opportunity to have him. Even with the minutes issue? Yeah, I think even with the minutes issue, um, there's so many, like with him coming on for just what, 30 minutes or so, le- like less than 30. I mean, I guess with injury time, there was a there was a bit more, um, you know, a bit more minutes there. But um, 30 minutes, you know, he's really explosive. And you can see the connection between um, Darwin and Salah as mm. well. So I think given that, there's 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 high chances there for sure. And, and it might be that he's not starting every game, but then if he's able to come on even for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, then he's very explosive. And so those chances will come. Um, and at the moment, he's assisting Salah, you know, in in that particular that particular fixture. So the opportunities are definitely there. Yeah. The only thing with Darwin is, I think, the price point. And I just yeah. feel like when you're comparing strikers in their bracket, there are others who will play like that. Like you have your Watkins, you have your Julian Alvarez, both who probably similar price brackets, maybe Watkins a bit too expensive. Uh, but Julian Alves starting as well, but getting returns. I guess that's that's the difference where both are getting returns, but one is starting, one is a bit iffy. I mean, this could change for Alvarez as well when KDB is back, to be honest. I, but yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And um, I've, I'm seeing more and more drafts that are, you know, 3-4-3 three, three formation mm. as well. And I'm seeing, you know, more drafts with um, Haaland still in there. Haaland, um, Watkins and an Alvarez mm. or a Watkins and a, a Darwin in the team. And so it really comes down to those fixtures. As we know, like City, you know, do have some tougher fixtures coming up. Um, and with KDB coming back as well, we don't know. And and with, you know, Europe, I guess with UCL sort of getting, um, it will get tougher as mm. we sort of continue along in the season as well. So, you know, we might see a little bit of rotation there as well. And, and um, but look, I think, um, I think there's still an opportunity to do the three, the three four three formation and bring in a Darwin, um, at least for those that can do that. And um and it depends on how long we want to keep hold of Watkins as well. Like I've got mm. Watkins in my team. Um might want to change that up a little bit in a few few more weeks' time after the fixture run is um, you know, yeah. quietens down for them. After that Bournemouth game probably a lot will That's look right. to probably look to move out. Yeah. Um with Simikas, I do agree. I think I guess I don't know, it depends he's up he's back in the Liverpool team after a long time as well. Um, so you kind of have to get used to again, like t- the way the team are playing as well. Um, it was all right. I kind of hope I was hoping for a bit more, maybe I thought. Uh, but then uh, looking at how it went, I was because that opening first like thirty to forty minutes. I thought until at least until the red card, Everton were in the game as well. Yeah, I felt. So I was. I think when he went away with the clean sheet, I was like, okay. He got the minimum that I wanted. So that, I guess, is happy. And the price rise as well. So now we'll see how it goes, whether um, Gomez plays in the Europa game um, and whether Simikas gets rested. If that if that happens, maybe it's a good sign because then Simikas in the Prem is, I guess, as an FPL option, we like that as well. Absolutely. And I think, again, at that price point, you really can't go too wrong with mm. that. Um, and you don't feel too bad either if he did get benched yeah. and he does come off at 60. And I, I reckon this is going to be more about, you know, like with, with the Everton match, it was more about getting Darwin on and getting those mm. attacking returns and getting, you know, creating those opportunities as well and and loading up in the front line. Um, however, um, perhaps against um, Forest and, and some of the other matches that are coming up as well, it might not be that not, but might not be the same case mm. um, in that scenario. Yep. We'll have to wait and see. 
Um, mm. Okay, let's move to the Manchester City versus Brighton game. Now, City started off great with 18, I mean, two, two goals in 18 minutes, but um, the second half, Milner came off and Brighton got control back in the game. Um, it's also another game where other captaincy choices beat Haaland again uh, for quite a few weeks running now. Um, thoughts on the overall game? I genuinely, I was really surprised at that scoreline. So we were still at the um, the social and uh, at this point we weren't really watching the matches properly, but every now and then we were taking a glance at the screen and I couldn't believe um, that it was still, it was, it was 2-0, you know, for a long time before, um, before the game, you know, the goal came in for, for Brighton, but I was genuinely expecting more goals in that match. And I think after the battering that Brighton had got in the previous game week, um, yeah, I was genuinely surprised. And and with Rodri back in the in the City team as well, I think in that sort of chances creation perspective and, and just kind of stabilising the midfield a little bit more, we saw some of that, which was great. But um, yeah, in terms of like, uh, you know, completing those those chances. Um, yeah, we didn't we didn't really see that happen. I have to admit, Doku played fantastic. Mm. And you could see that Milner just could not keep up. I mean, I mean, Milner's, um, I think he's like, well, in his late 30s or yeah. something um, now. So, yeah, that was bound to happen. But Doku, Doku looked really good. Doku looked really good. I think he created a couple of big chances and he took about three or four shots or something like that as well. Um, yeah, he just, yeah, I mean, he looks like he's starting as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was quite impressed um, with what I saw and I, I caught the highlights sort of afterwards. Um, Alvarez, as you mentioned earlier, Alvarez is uh, returning and he keeps, you know, finding the back of the net as well. So, you know, that was um, not a surprise to see Alvarez getting a return, but I think disappointing that Haaland didn't get more returns, Yeah. Um, if anything. So I think we're expecting now Alvarez to be um, consistent and he has been consistent, but um, I think we expected more from Haaland as well. So, yeah, it... Um, he didn't do that much more. It just seemed like it was a bit flat from the, the he, he wasn't his explosive self, basically. Yeah. For me, so I watched the whole game and I thought mm. what's missing this season compared to last season for Haaland is the service to him. Um, which is what I'm thinking because you've lost Gundogan, KDB is yes. injured, Jack Grealish isn't really getting minutes at the moment. All of those players are players who, f- and maybe Foden as well, uh, all of those players are players who find Haaland. Now, Foden is still continuing to do the things he does, just not getting FPL returns for some reason. He's playing really well, but not getting FPL returns. Um, the thing when I was watching Doku and Alvarez, and especially this came with uh, the Brighton um, first goal as well, where the goalkeeper came forward, there was all there were only defenders on the line, Foden and Haaland right up front and Alvarez still just still decided to take a shot. Whereas in that specific play, the I, the better thing would have been, been to pass to one Absolutely. of the city players who were closer. Uh, and this is something I noticed. Like I feel like Alvarez and Doku, even though they're really great, they're also a bit more selfish in terms yes. of trying to get shots on target, trying to get a goal. Um, and that kind of takes eats into Haaland's uh, opportunities as well. So he... I do ha- want- yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I do wonder if that um, that is uh, part of the the whole sort of key, retaining their place in the team as well, right? Mm. So um, Jack Grealish plays in the, the Doku position, you know, as well. And we haven't really seen, um, I'm not sure what's going on with Jack Grealish like, in terms of injury and, and sort of the minutes that he's getting. Um, he, we're not seeing much of it mm. at the moment. 
Um, but is that a way of sort of Doku sort of stamping his position in the team as well and, and trying to kind of, you know, um, may, retain that position as well? So and with Alvarez, I'm sure he's feeling quite sort of anxious. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure this plays a role in there as well that, you know, playing pro- probably thinking oh, KDB is going to be back soon. We're not too far off the December timeline that we had for, for KDB anyway. Um, so, yeah, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, so that's you're right. That's where I'm like wondering. Okay, maybe that's what's like eating into Haaland because like the first chance Haaland got, he scored immediately. Um, and then after that, it's just about service. I think there were a few times where he made runs and was frustrated that nothing came. Um, so we'll see. I don't know, but it all of this is kind of helping the non Haaland perma cap situation and anyone who's going without capping him are, are reaping the rewards right now for the moment at least. Absolutely, absolutely. And just going back to Foden as well, and you're right, like he's not getting the FPL returns, but he's playing well. Mm. Like he's still creating the chances as well. And at the moment it's um it's just not manifesting into into the you know the points. Um and you're absolutely right about um Haaland, you know, the 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 Haaland, the the non-Haaland um managers mm. are reaping all the benefits there because if you if you transferred out Haaland and brought in Salah yep. and you don't have Son either in your team, you've, you're likely of, you know, sort of captain Salah last this yep. game week um, gone. So game week nine. And you probably would have captain Salah if you brought him in in game week eight mm. as part of the wild card as well by getting rid of Haaland. So and, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people that have appeared in my in my um, ex uh, um, timeline where they don't have, you know, they don't have a son and a Madison or they, you know, basically another captain mm. opportunity. Um, and they've only got Salah in the team. And so, yeah, they've they've made up, you know, two, three million places where if they were sitting, you know, further down in, in the ranks there. Um, but it is disappointing, right? Because I captain Haaland this time round and my gut was saying Captain Haaland mostly because it was a home fixture for mm-hmm. them. And then, you know, Brighton having sort of, you know, let in, um, was it six goals or something like that? Yeah. Um, the prior game week as well. So it just seemed like the the best opportunity to go with the Haaland captain. But um, we're yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more of those swings with the captaincy um, picks coming up as well. Mm, yeah, this week as well, there's a huge question mark on that but we'll get to that at the end uh, but yeah I mean it's still I still think it was the the correct result in terms of like giving Haaland the armband because 2-0 in 18 minutes kind of showed what we were kind of expecting but it just happened sure. to die down after that so there's nothing much you can do about that after that yeah, that's right. That's right. I think um, I think Fatty came on. Mm. Um, and he, I think he only had like half an hour or twenty five minutes or something like that in the game, and you know he scored the goal and created a chance. And yeah, so yeah, he looked really good, made an impact straight away. Uh, but it really did seem like um, uh, Brighton just tightened up the ship a lot more. Um, Mitoma played well. I mm. thought he missed a couple of opportunities, which was a shame. Um, looked promising in general. I brought Mitoma into my team on my wildcard. So, yeah, I'm really hoping with the, the fixture run now swinging in Brighton's favour slightly, um, I'm hoping that he'll start returning, you know, soon as well. Yep. Uh, so I think Bintoma, with the fixtures, like Brighton's fixtures are quite long and like really good run of fixtures. Fulham starting as well. So maybe just the same thing that happened with Spurs against Fulham, maybe Brighton can do the same. But first, I think they've got Ajax to face. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And then after that, probably we'll get a better picture in terms of Brighton as well. 
Yeah, definitely. That's going to be a tough fixture for them. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's so much rotation going on there as well. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they um how they line up against Fulham. Yep. Uh, let's go into Newcastle, who beat Crystal Palace 4-0 and another Trippier double-digit haul. Um, trying to fit him on a game time wildcard is probably the toughest decision right now. Uh, with the fixture swing coming for quite a few teams with really good attacking options, would you recommend... Oh, wait, first I should caveat this with you already having Trippier still in your uh, team. But would you recommend getting Trippier on a wildcard? This is a really tricky this is a really tricky question because I brought him um in several game weeks ago. Mm. Um I think it was back in game week five, and then I chose to keep him on my wildcard as well. And I did contemplate um removing him from my wildcard just because I could spread those funds. That that was the equivalent of um having a very cheap enabler um mid fifth midfielder versus a a solid, you know, five midfielders, um, given how well that sort of midfield can be stacked right now, right? There's so many good mid midfielders that we can bring in, especially with the opportunity of playing three up front as well. So then, you know, you've got, uh, um, I guess, the the need to spread some of those funds. And, and if you're a manager that also has Son and Madison and you're thinking about, you know, Saka having Saka in the team or a, a you know, Arsenal attacker and then Watkins and keeping Haaland and bringing in Salah, all of a sudden, you know, if you, unless you have a fantastic team value, it's really, really hard to keep all of these players in your team. However, I, look, I, I brought in Trippier at 6.5 mil. And so given his price tag now, I've got a lot of value sort of invested there. Um, given his fixtures as well. So Newcastle's got some a few fixtures in between that are looking really good. And if you sort of ignore some of the tougher fixtures and and kind of make a, a I guess like um, the blanket statement of that um, Newcastle are, or and Trippier specifically is fairly fixture proof. And he's mm. just going to like, he's picking up form uh, or I should say he's picked up form already and he's just going to keep returning. He's just, he's he's like you know on the like he's just creating everything mm. at the moment right and so from that point of view it's really really hard to ignore him entirely and it's the difference between getting a 10 pointer um like a double double digit haul compared to a a, a six pointer clean sheet you know or a, a seven pointer or something like that that burn or um fabian share you know mm. got um got in that side as well so yeah, it's a really tough one. I, you know, my my I guess like perspective is that what are your priorities? And and so, you know, in my case, I had him earlier. And so I'm happy to keep him a little bit longer. But I'm not um I'm not uh, convinced that I will definitely be keeping him, you know, till the end of let's say, you know, um up to game week 19 before we get, you know, the next uh, wildcard game week 20. I mean, they do have good fixtures right up until yeah. that point. But um, I'd be open to getting getting rid of him in the the next sort of four or five game weeks. Um, I think there's a couple of fixtures that are turning for Newcastle, uh, where where there's a couple of consecutive fixtures. I think it's around game week fourteen or fifteen, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they have a good like small bunch of run and then tough and then yeah, easy, yeah, it gets they they that run. But the problem is like like you said, right? He's fixture proof. Uh, I feel like and and even the tough games that they have in the next couple of fixtures is at home, where they're really good at. So exactly, I'm like, I made so I made a draft, two drafts yesterday, before the first yeah. game where I went. I had a Trippier draft and I had a non-Trippier draft, and I really liked the non. I really liked the Trippier draft, 
but then Spurs went and did what they did and kind of reminded us all of like this is the capabilities that you're kind of missing out on you're missing out on that fifth midfielder which could be a Madison could be a Huming son and then you go oh okay this is what happens when you have a trippier draft you yeah. can't really get it's that fifth midfield spot so the fifth midfield spot is an enabler but it also comes at the cost of the fourth midfield spot being a bit more cheaper as well so then you can't afford the likes of a Madison or a Huming son as well so then I was like, okay, now where am I chasing attackers or am I going to go with a, uh, maybe a 9 to 10 point a trip here every week? So where am I chasing the haul for? Um, and now I'm leaning back again to the no trip here draft because I'm like, these players, these are attackers. End of the day, we want goals in our teams. And I have, to, I, I, I have this, this thing of like, fixtures are king. And new, I have to kind of play the fixtures where Newcastle's fixtures, the, those tough ones, I have to hope that they don't really do anything. Maybe I get a Dan Burn or something to cover like the clean sheets that Newcastle might get in the easier fixtures. But in the tougher fixtures, I have to like, okay, this is where I make my bed in terms of how I choose. But yeah, that's, that's where I'm kind of right now where I'm like, yeah, I'm like a swing right now, <laughs> switching between the two. It's, it's really tough. It's really tough. And, and I guess like the way I'm looking at Trippier a little bit is how I've been looking at Trent in a couple of, you know, the, in the previous seasons as well. Um, so, you know, ignoring what Trent's um, uh, cost is right right now. Mm. Um, but if we think about Trent from last season or even the season prior, he was priced at a, you know, anywhere between, I think it was 6.5, 7.5 yeah. sort of mil roughly. Um, and I think this season he started at 8 mil, I believe. I think it was, uh, or was he 7.5? I'm not sure. He started at 8 mil, yeah. Oh, okay, so it was last season, 8 mil. And so when you look at it from that point of view and Trippier sort of returning the way he's returning, potential of double-digit hauls and um, just ha- getting multiple assists as well and, and potentially clean sheets as well. So I think from that point of view, his price tag is okay mm. if you look at it from that point, you know, from that perspective. And as a team, as a whole, Newcastle are playing really well yeah. as well. So. I think um, if it was isolated, if it was one player isolated, team is not playing that well as a whole, then yeah, I can see that it's probably not worthwhile, you know, keeping him um, and considering him, you know, in the team. But if you are anywhere like me where I brought him in at 6.5, that's basically a 6.5 midfielder that I've got there that is returning consecutively and has a pretty high ceiling for some of those easier matches as well, especially those home fixtures mm. where there's a lot of assist uh, you know, potential. And it seems like everyone is scoring in that team as well. So as we know, like Murphy got, um, did he get two goals? Did he? Yeah. No, he scored a goal. Um, yeah. I think he got two. I don't know. The the, the first I, one, I, I don't think he, he was expecting that, but yeah. No, yeah. it was, yeah. Like, you know, we don't know what, what was actually going on there, but um. You know, I think the point is, is that the the rest of the team are playing well as well. It was nice that Gordon got a return. Mm. Um, he's he's definitely on form, and you know, I I had him in my team as well. And so, if you look at it from that point of view, I've got a five point six um Gordon who's returning, and then I've got a six point five Trippier who's mm. giving me double digits as well. That there's not that much difference between them, and obviously the price has gone up. So to to be fair, we we have to compare with maybe a like a seven mil, um, seven point two mil Bowen or something yeah. like that, um, or a JWP or something like that as well. So yeah, it it is really hard, but I think because Newcastle are playing well as a whole, there is an opportunity for pretty much a, a lot of those players to get goals. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they were playing Sheffield United and got eight goals, and yeah. it was a different goal scorer for every single goal 
And so, yeah, there's definitely sort of potential there. It is hard, though. I think it's a really tough one to fit into your team. Um, and depending on the formation that you're going with, like in my case, I'm I'm playing, you know, mostly three, five, um, three, five, two, occasionally four, four, two as well. So that that's the uh, I guess the pathway that I've chosen for the, the next sort of run of fixtures. And I'm quite happy with that. But like I said, I'm not I'm not entirely wedded to the idea of keeping him in the team mm. right up until the next wildcard or anything like that. So I am definitely open to, um, you know, switching him out um, when I have two free transfers and uh, definitely sort of chasing a bit of the upside as well, because I'm like, you know, rank chasing at the mm. moment. Yeah, I I won't be against even it all. The thing is the the money is stuck in Watkins right now, and that's where I think that one million that we're searching for is kind of going. Um, so I think it depends on how Watkins goes. If he like yeah. in the form of his life, then maybe even there's a case to be made at that when it comes to that hard fixture turn that you kind of keep him because again another fixture beautiful fixture run happens for Villa after that as well. So it depends on how the next couple game weeks go for Watkins. Because if he if he goes okay and like average, then maybe there's a case to be made where you downgrade Watkins and then upgrade the fourth defender to a trippy or someone like that. Uh, because yeah, even Matty Cash will probably have to be removed at some point. So that's that's a thing. really good that's a really good point, a really good suggestion as well. That um, um, I think um, judging by Watkins' um, uh, interview that he gave after after his match, he seems really confident mm. at the moment. And whatever, uh, whatever's going on in that team, like whatever you know, Emery's um, saying to the players are doing there. He, you could see that he is the he is the the main guy mm. in that team, and so yeah, if his confidence is that high and he's uh, he's just he's there, isn't he? He's a lot closer in the box and you know just just being present. And um, I think he took uh, he took that shot. Um, uh on his uh was it his left foot yeah Yeah, that was impressive because he's yeah like he wouldn't normally um but i think again in his um in his interview he was talking about like the the practicing that that he's been doing with you know trying to shoot from both feet um as well and we don't see many um talisman or you know the uh the striker sort of you know being able to convert with uh Mm. using both their both feet so yeah really impressive so i think if we see more of that happening and that confidence just getting you know higher and higher it's going to be really challenging to you know get rid of him from from our teams as well yeah, I saw segue straight into Villa with that. Because um, they scored four past West Ham and they scored the second most amount of goals this season only behind Newcastle. And that's one behind Newcastle. So mm. They have four amazing fixtures in the next five games. Should we even be looking to triple up on Villa given the amount of goals they're scoring? And if so, who? Oh, it's that's a really tough one because I think um, at the moment I it feels like I I'm not sure what Watkins's EO is, but it feels like everyone's has got yeah. Watkins now, and if you didn't have Watkins and you're wildcarding in ten, which seems like a you know it's it's been in like three parts, right? We had uh, the uh, the early or four parts. There's been the early early wildcarders who had a terrible start to the season. They've gone and sort of wildcarded in Watkins, um, you know, game week f- between five and Four, seven. Five, seven. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And then every everyone else that did uh, game week eight and nine. potentially, yeah. yeah, potentially didn't bring in Watkins or did bring in yeah. nine. I would have said definitely brought in, you know, the Watkins uh, um, uh, from a, a positional sort of perspective, they went Watkins over to even DRB. Right. Yeah. And so, and now like off the back of um, the returns as well, I think Watkins did, did Watkins go up in price as well? Yes. 
he did. I feel like he did. He's gone yesterday. up a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. So, yeah, it seems like uh, game week 10, um, the wildcarders especially and, and just transfers in. Yeah, we're going to see a spike in Watkins again. And I reckon his EO is going to be anywhere between 50, 60 percent. Um, Probably in more the next... because he's, this yeah. week, I think he's a good captaincy option as well. So Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I yeah. reckon so. But I think Watkins is in most teams, mm. right? And I, I reckon Cash is also mm. in most teams as well. Like he was getting some quite quite a few attacking returns earlier on, you know, in the season. Um, I think the last couple of game weeks, not so much. I don't think um, there's been many. He's not um, kept a clean mm, sheet no, either. No. Um, so, but um, but still, you know, I think it seems like he's in many teams. So that third spot is an interesting one, in in my opinion, because. You know, Douglas Louise, we saw, um, got two goals. Mm. I mean, one of them was a penalty, of course. Um, he is on penalties and he's only four point, uh, sorry, 5.4 no, five five point, mil. Five points? Five point six, I think. Let me check. I is bought he? him into my team. Uh, because okay, he's a penalty yeah. taker. I think I think uh, when I sort of, um, I remember when I was on. 5.4. Um, he was 5.3 yeah, before. Five, got, oh, 5.5 yeah. now. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. 5.5. Five, five, yeah. yeah. But he was, yeah, so he was 5.4 when I was considering him in, in my wildcard as well. Um, but then I decided to just go with two Villa players. And and I think, you know, we're going to see that sort of urgency a little bit more now that he now that Villa are sort of firing all cylinders and they've got a fantastic fixture run coming up as well. It's just which one, right? So there's Diaby and, and Douglas Louise as, as an option, you know, there. Um, what do you reckon, Ryan? So... I have leaned towards um, Douglas Lewis because of the penalties. Mm. Um, Diaby, I don't know. Like, if I go to Diaby, then I'm like, it's Diaby or Mitoma. And then I'm like, just Mitoma, um, unfortunately. I, I, I've chosen Douglas Lewis as that fifth enabler in that midfield five at the moment. Um, and I'm thinking of it and I'm like, okay, you've you got Gordon as well. You've got Cole Palmer. But mm. I think out of all of them, the fixtures for Douglas Lewis is just like too good to kind of ignore. Even maybe Diaby, but it's just that the penalties are kind of tipping me over towards him. Um, and then maybe after that fixture, and I'll probably move to a Gordon or another enabler that pops up at that moment. That's where I am yeah. currently, but yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And I think if we look at our positions as uh, as price points rather than just the players as well, um, I think it's a really good way to sort of, you know, draft your team. I, mm. I, it's something that I know I've been doing a little bit more of whenever I've um, started the season and and looking at wildcards, especially just to have sort of more positions and price points um, to consider. Because it makes it really challenging when you're, um, you know, transferring players out um, to bring in replacements, right? Mm. So that's why I ended up going with a 5.6 Gordon um, because you know I can drop down to a Cole Palmer who's now yeah. five mil who's he's gone up in price as well or a Douglas Louise as well so there are a couple of options there so they yeah so I decided to go Gordon um, route in, in this in this scenario but um, yeah I really like the Doug, Douglas Louise pick it's a really good one yeah the pens just tip it yeah. over the edge yeah that's a, we'll see if it works out or not but I'm hoping it does but we'll see um, all right, let's move into Chelsea, who drew against Arsenal 2-2. I thought Chelsea played really well until Sanchez made that mistake and basically let Arsenal back in the game. Uh, with a good fixture against Sheffield United coming up, where do you stand with Arsenal players? Really good question. 
really good question. And I think this question has become a lot harder for me after the the Spurs-Fulham match as well. Mm. So I think my avenue to um, bring back a Arsenal attacker, so in, on my wildcard, I had Saka and mm. when Saka dropped in price, so um, he was uh, 8.6 and he yep. dropped back down to 8.5. I thought that was the perfect opportunity to then um, either keep him or take him out and bring in, you know, a replacement. And so what I did was I took him out, brought in Bowen instead. I'm glad I brought in Bowen. Bowen obviously got, you know, eight, eight points um, compared to Saka's five. And so my intent was to game week 10 to take out Madison mm. and bring in Saka back. And I've got enough funds to, to do that. Now, of course, you know, the uh, the Fulham um, Spurs fixture meant that uh, the, the result there has now sort of left me a little bit, um, yeah, unsure yeah. about what to do there because... We've seen um, for the last, I, d- I don't know how many game weeks now, um, Ange Ball is just phenomenal in that side at the moment. And they're playing so well as mm. a team. We're seeing Son getting returns. We're seeing Madison. Everything is going through Madison. And so it makes it really difficult to remove him from from our teams at the moment. I think those that have Son and Madison are probably leaning towards getting rid of you know Madison from the team because Son is so explosive potentially, or the other way around, basically. And I'll tell you now, uh, I'm already sold, son. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you Be- go. Just because yeah. of price point. Because it depends, like, it depends on whether you're having Haaland and Salah. Because if you're having Haaland and Salah, then you have, the price point goes towards, like, that Madison. Um, if you don't have one of those two, then you can afford son. Because uh, budget is a bit of an issue. Absolutely. And, yeah. and and that's such a good point. So imagine, you know, you're trying to fit in Haaland, Salah, Son and Trippier. You just can't. And you Watkins. Can't. And Watkins. Yeah. And then and then we're thinking now about uh, Arsenal attack as well, because they've got a couple of, you know, I, I know that, that there's a, a tougher fixture run. Uh, a couple of tougher fixtures in in the the next run of fixtures that Arsenal have, but there's some really good ones mm. as well. So, and we can't we can't really ignore those either. So yeah, so I've I feel I feel differently, you know, about uh, the planning I had done um, going into my wildcard nine and where I am now. So yeah, I'm a bit annoyed about that. And look, you're absolutely right. Chelsea played really well. I didn't I didn't catch the whole game. I, I managed to catch the highlights. Uh, but from what I could see, yeah, I think um, Chelsea played really, really well. And then Arsenal somehow look, came back into the game. Um, yeah, a couple of mixtures, uh, you know, mix-ups there and everything. But um, yeah, aside from that, I still am inclined to bring in a Arsenal attacker as well. So I've got Gabriel in the team at mm. the moment. I had Gabriel from game week one and after his price dropped as well, just made sense for me to just keep him in the team. I think everyone's picking him up as a bargain at the mm. moment at 4.7. I think he still is, uh, which is crazy because I, I I would have hoped that he would have gone up in price again, but maybe, maybe over the next couple of game weeks, he might go up again. Um, we don't know, but um, out of like the, the front line, um, It'd be good to get your take, actually, because it felt like, uh, you know, Martinelli um, has got loads of potential. Mm. Like, you know, I think Trossard is there, though, unfortunately. Um, So I think there's always going to be a bit of a rotation minutes risk there. Um, Saka feels like the safest option. Odegaard is the other option. But again, he's the same price as Saka as well. Mm. So you're then picking between Odegaard and Saka and... 
it's hard to tell which one is actually on the pens or who's going to take the pen. I think it seems like it is definitely Saka, but it just depends how Saka feels on the yeah. day as well. And if he sort of, you know, is feeling charitable and, and gives his pens away. Um, but um, I'm wondering when like Jesus becomes an option again as well, because I think um, there is an opportunity to, you know, go from Watkins to a Gabriel, you know, Jesus at some point potentially, but otherwise there's only really Saka as the, the probably the best option to bring in from an attacking point of view, whether I will do that or not in the next fixture I'm not sure because the upside is there and Saka's another captaincy sort of potential for next game week as well against, mm. um, you know, Sheffield United. But then Madison has got, although an away fixture and the early kickoff, uh, well, early, I say, but late Friday kickoff in the UK, early for us in Australia, um, you know, that's uh, that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be slightly harder, I would like to think, because it's an away fixture and, and Palace have been slightly better at you mm. know playing at home as well so I'm not sure I'm trying to kind of work out what my narrative is so that I can you know bias my way into making a decision of some sorts but um yeah I think it's going to come down to the European matches you know for so you know um, Arsenal are playing Sevilla as you know that's going to be a really tough match they gave um they gave Real Madrid a bit of a hard time on the weekend as well. So, yeah, I think I think it's going to come down to how they play against Sevilla and, uh, yeah, and then make a decision from there. Um, but I'm not feeling confident about that move. Yeah, for me, I so I think when I had the podcast with you last week, I had, I, when I showed the wildcard draft for Game Week 10, I had double Arsenal attack. Now that has changed, yeah. obviously, with uh, oh, Madison gosh. doing what Madison does. Um, so that means there's space for one Arsenal attacker, and I think Saka will probably be that one, just because of penalties and minutes. Mm. Um, Martinelli is good, but he's only going to get like 70 minutes, I feel like. That's the problem. Um, Odegaard will get more minutes, but I just feel like since I only have one spot at this moment, and there are so there's just a plethora of midfield options that we want. There's, there's too many. Yeah. That's the problem. Like I've got Bowen in the team and he's returning. They've got a great fixture run as well as a team may not be playing as well as, mm. you know, um, Spurs are playing or Villa are playing um, as a whole, but he's, he's still up there. He's yeah. getting those returns as well. So, you know, if we're looking for a couple of differentials as well, it makes it very challenging you yeah. know, to pick the right ones now. That's right. So because of that, I'm leaning just probably towards like just Saka and Gabriel. And i that third Arsenal spot, I don't know. Maybe, maybe things might change, injuries and all lead to different scenarios later down the line. But for the moment, I just think it's just Saka and Gabriel. And mm-hmm. even though the Sheffield United game looks, like, looks good on paper, they go to, into Newcastle just straight after that. And then after that, it's Burnley. So I feel like there will be a thumping coming somewhere. Like they will get a couple goals, like 3 or 4 nil. But I don't know what fixture that's going to be. Um, so we'll have to wait and see, but yeah, it's it's I tough. Think also judging, not, yeah. Also judging by the match that they had, yeah. you know, with uh, with Chelsea as well, um, they didn't look. No, they don't. Look they didn't great they, attacking wise. Yet. No, yeah. they didn't instill me with the confidence mm. basically, and that's what I was looking for as well. So I think it it just so happened that it played into. Um, the hand of the narrative that you know I I had in my mind, which was depending on how Arsenal play against Chelsea, which is a bit more um, comparable, but also should have been a slightly easier fixture because of how Chelsea have been playing as well. Although they've been pretty good defensively, you know, as well. 
Um, and then based on how Spurs do against uh, Fulham as well, I will make a decision whether I decide to bring in, you know, bring in Saka for Madison or not. And the thing is, the next fixture, like you say, the next fixture that Arsenal have is, is um, Newcastle. So, you know, there is there is an opportunity to hold off on that on that transfer. So those of us that are not on a wild card mm. anymore. They have Sheffield um, and then Newcastle. That's yeah, right. Yes, yeah. but but that's what I mean. Yeah. So you know, whereas if 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 anyone like me who's got Madison in the team, and your only way of getting a, an Arsenal sort of attacker is potentially getting rid of Madison, um, I'm not sure who else you would have at that price point. Maybe Son. You know that you're thinking about getting rid of Son from your team to to bring down to a you know I think Son's what nine point three. So there's a bit of a saving there. Yeah, nine point two. Or is he more? Nine point. Okay. Uh, let me see. Nine point two or nine point one actually. So one of the okay yeah 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 so then you're you're saving a little bit of money if you're then going son to Saka yeah. to to sort of double down on oh, that sorry. fixture no, against 9. Sheffield 5. my bad oh wow he's yeah. gone up okay yeah. there yeah. you go okay well that's a lot that's a lot more than what I thought it was um so yeah it's it's a tough one so would would you be bringing in Madison in your in your wild card then yes at the moment he stays because of the fact that I have so much like value stored on him that's yeah. another thing because if I was to sell him. Getting him back won't be, but well, I can get him back, but it'll be at a cost. Um, for the moment, he stays. The Crystal Palace fixture is good. He's got Chelsea after, which should be a tough one. But then they got Wolves after that as well. So, it, Spurs their fixture run is a bit of a mixed bag. They got easy hard, easy hard, easy hard. So that kind of has to be taken into account. But they're playing so well and they're attacking, and I feel like it's just just gonna get results anyway, in terms of points. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm contemplating: Do I wait two more game weeks, basically? So yeah. do I just do I just suck it up, not have Saka in the team, um, and hope that the the other players that I have, so like uh, Bowen, Matoma, they return, Gordon, they return, and so you know I uh, I make up some of those points there, you know, rather than bringing in Saka and um, losing out on any potential sort of you know um, opportunity there. Mm. Um, and then wait it out until, um, and so rolled my transfer and waited out until game week. Um, I don't know who they're playing in game week 13, actually. Uh, Burnley, I think. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So if I waited out till Burnley, perhaps, then this could oh, be sorry. my opportunity. Brentford, uh, they're playing Brentford. They're playing okay. Burnley in game week 12. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So look, that's, that's, a, that's potential then to um, consider taking out Trippier. Mm. And um, and then yeah, bringing in Saka um, instead. So and that could be an upgrade to Gordon or something like that. If I downgrade, you know, by uh, to the one of the most cheapest yeah. um, defenders that I can. But yeah, it'd be it'd be a tough ask though to do that. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, one to wait and see. Um, all right, now we we touched on Spurs. They beat Fulham two 0 with both Madison and Son getting returns. Going into game week ten, I guess we kind of answered this. Do we continue to keep both Spurs players for the upcoming fixtures, or keep one or sell both? Um, I was initially on the sell both, but now I'm selling just sold one and keeping one. You on the other end, I guess you kind of answered it as well. Yeah, that's right. I think we I think we covered plenty, you know, around that. It's it's so hard, isn't it? Because it um i think um the the question that i have though like around um you know madison son especially um not sure about richarlison but madison son especially um is who's who's taking the pens is it do we do we know if it's if it's definitely nope. son nope right speculation <laughs> 
We'll yeah, know when I we think, get one. They haven't got one. Yeah, yet. that's right. That's right. Um, but look, they they're both playing really, really well, and I think it's whichever one that you can afford basically to keep. And um, yeah, my my gut says Madison at the moment, mostly because everything is going through him. Mm. You know, everything is still going through him. I've been sort of you know um, noticing that a lot more as well whenever I see him play. He's uh yeah he's just he's just there basically, and um and if he's not scoring he's assisting mm. so you know he's got potential for both there and as has Son I think it really comes down to budget and mm. how much value you've got tied up like you say. That's the thing I think it's purely budget at this moment and I think once Villa's fixtures kind of ease up maybe we might have a bit more budget to play around with things. Uh, but at the moment, it's just purely budget. But yeah, uh, let's move into captaincy. There are some really good options this week. Who are you giving the armband to this week? And who oh are the God. possible candidates for the armband this week? There's too many options. Yes. There's too many options this week. Um, it's a really tough one, um, if I'm you know honest with you. Um, so at the moment, my captaincy is um, on Haaland. And that's mostly because I've not really set my bus team mm. properly yet. So I had my captaincy on Haaland. And I was convinced about moving my captaincy on to Salah because they're at home to um, to Forest. However, after seeing United play against yeah, Sheffield, yeah. United, wow, I was slightly horrified um, with, uh, yeah, with how, how that match went down as well. It just... They just don't seem right at the mm. moment. And Ryan, I know you're you're a United um, supporter as well. So part of me is thinking go with Haaland. But at the same time, because Haaland hasn't quite been firing at all cylinders as well, is this the game week that he will? Or is the game is this the game week where he'll continue to sort of, you know, not be the the fully sort of, you know, fully fledged um uh, Nordic meat shield that yeah. he is and and sort of, you know, be firing like he normally fires. And that hat-trick is there, right? And I think um, um, yeah, you, you'll have to remind me, you probably remember this better than I do, but, um, you know, some of the uh, didn't he score a hat-trick against yes. um, Unfortunately, United last season? <laughs> yeah, I've, okay. I've done this three times where Haaland or Salah or anyone has played United in the last two seasons three times and just got burnt all three times. Where mm. you had two captains uh, this, so this goes back to two seasons ago when in game week nine, uh, it was always like game week nine or game week eight, game, game week ten, this time period where this always happened. Um, there was, I think, Salah versus United and Havertz was playing uh, Norwich and Chelsea thumped uh, Norwich, but Havertz didn't get anything. And everyone went there. <laughs> and I went Salah. So I managed to escape that. Um, yeah. But then there was the... United versus um, City game. And in that moment, United were actually playing really good football. Uh, mm-hmm. And I thought they would mm-hmm. actually put up a fight. And then they got thumped 6-3 uh, with Haaland getting a hat-trick there. And I think I went Salah because Salah had a really good fixture. He just came away nice. with five points. <laughs> yeah, but Haaland yeah. had like 23 points. Um, That's right. Then there was the last season, second half, where Salah... And I think I had Salah before it, just before it, and he wasn't doing that well. Um, mm. And then they played United and then 7-0. <laughs> Whereas ha- I think it was, was it Haaland or someone else? Didn't really get much. Um, no. So I've been in this situation too many times where I feel like now, just out of fear, I will just put the armband on Haaland. 
and whatever and happens is, happens that's that's kind of where my mind is but just because of past results nothing else yeah i i i don't blame you i don't blame you at all it's it's such a tricky one because that that hat trick is just there mm. it's waiting to happen right and this is the first um game week that we've seen with you know uh, Rodri being back especially and I think you know we can't underestimate how important Rodri is to that mm. team as well and so um but given what you said you mentioned earlier Ryan around um you know not having enough um of those Creators. city players yeah. yeah supplying to Haaland as well unless that changes it's going to be really tricky as well so I think I think it's one of those um yeah it's in between state for me where he could go off or yeah. it will just be another you know perhaps a goal maybe an assist type yeah. of thing um as well especially with that united side at the moment but um look with the other captaincy options obviously there's um Saka against Sheffield um United there's Watkins against Luton which is a great fixture for Watkins i know um i'm seeing a lot of you know Watkins captain captains sort of appearing now mm. um and Salah of course as well so there's there's a quite a few good captaincy options this time round so look at the moment my heart is saying go with Salah um Salah's on form he's on pens mm. he's firing and and i think um that you know our our sort of uh, front line our attack is looking very good and 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 as i mentioned with the merseyside derby and like with most derbies they they just have potential to just go weird you know yeah, like yeah, weird weird stuff happens yeah. and so i'm not treating that as an indication of you know they're they're not really firing or they're not really you know getting their their flow and in, in their passes and and the rock and roll football that we normally see you know clop side playing so i'm i'm trying to ignore that at the moment like with what we saw against um um everton i think they're going to be an entirely you know different team against um forest at home um as well but um i'm not expecting clean sheet there but i'm definitely expecting salah getting getting some returns mm. there yeah, yeah. I, I, when you say derby i think like, last season even united did beat city at home last season mm. so anything can mm. happen anything uh, can happen yeah that's the thing yeah. um the only thing is they're playing way worse this time but again now injuries have played a part in it and i think we probably expect varan and region both to be back so that might help slightly in terms of the backline mm. being a bit more solid even then i'm still uncertain i don't know I, my mind will be depends on what how i see champions league fixture tomorrow see what they do um that might tell me because the they're, they're playing copenhagen and they're also a really good team they haven't played badly they even they had a really good fixture against bayern as well copenhagen mm. and they play similar to deserby in terms of how they play football so it'll be interesting to see what they do and whether united can cope if they can't i'm just absolutely put it on harland yeah. and not yeah. put it on harland yeah. forget yeah. about yeah. it yeah. yeah i yeah look i completely agree i think um you're right a lot of it's going to come down to the european matches um and uh i think look i think sala's going to be rested right with yeah. their european fixture Most so likely. i think that's the that's that's what we've been seeing um and so yeah i'm feeling a little bit better about perhaps putting it on sala Yeah. All right. So we'll see how things go over the next couple of fixtures in Europe. Uh but yeah, that's basically it. Uh got some questions from the community which is starting from uh FPL Blackwolf Dan. Uh can Arsenal assets wait until game week 12 or are they a must own in game week 10? I kind I guess we kind of answered this in somewhat or you kind of answered it. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we did. Um I completely forgot about that question that came through. Um yeah, I I do think that 
perhaps it can wait as well. And I think um, largely dependent on, you know, the uh, the European fixture as well and how how they shape up. Mm. I was like we like, like we talked about um, wasn't, you know, they didn't have a convincing display against Chelsea. I think it can wait. It depends on who it's waiting for. Like who is yeah. there in that midfield spot. If it's like a Madison or a Sun, then I think you can wait a bit more. Um, but again, it depends on who you're trying to replace the Arsenal asset with. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. It's not necessarily about who you're bringing in, but yeah. who are you? Who are you removing? Yeah. You know, um, and like like I've said, you know, in my case, that's Madison. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that at the moment. Yeah, that's the thing. So I think can wait depending on the player you're trying to take out. Um, and then next one is from FPL Point Break. Andrew uh, is Jamal Lasses essential? Three point nine million starting for the moment. Although I don't believe whatever Eddie Howe says at this point, so I don't know what the status of Botman is. I is anyone essential? <laughs> mm, probably not. Um, no. <laughs> oh, maybe this is Haaland a similar. Salah. Maybe Salah at this point. <laughs> yes. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe Salah at this yeah. point. Yeah, um, and Watkins. It yeah. seems like a, a little bit as well. Um, I think this is a similar sort of situation with Robertson and Simicast, right? Where. We don't know. Um, I don't know actually. Like, and I don't trust Eddie Howe either um, with uh, Botman's injury. So, oh, it's just one of those ones of guesswork at this point, mm. unfortunately. But um, three point nine mil though, very good. If you wanted a three point nine, oh well, he does offer route into Newcastle's this thing, and you're like, when are you ever going to play triple Newcastle? Probably, maybe not in the near future. I don't know. Not yet. Yeah. Maybe towards the end of, you know, maybe around um, 18. Yeah. You know, like a l- little bit further further down, there's some good fixtures coming up as well. So perhaps, but um, not at the moment. Yeah. No. Yeah. So maybe by then you probably got rid of Lascelles, but I don't know. Uh, hard to say because it's him or you go for the Burnley uh, Charlie Taylor who has right. good fixtures upcoming. But yeah, that's yeah. the fifth and- defensive. And that's the problem. Like when I was thinking about bringing in Simicast, I was also thinking, will I want to have triple Liverpool? Because mm-hmm. then Simicast is stopping me from from doing that, and that and that's a an extra transfer that I would have to make as well. So, yeah, it's uh, that it's a tough one. But um, I don't know. I don't think Botman's going to be out that long. Surely, no, I think he's going to return soon. So that's why I'm like probably not. But oh well, mm. you never know. It's not worth. It's not. It's not. It's not a bad punt if you're not going to triple up on Newcastle anytime soon. Yeah, I think just the luxury of having those transfers, like mm. if you have that, then great. But, um, you know, if uh, if anyone like me is is sort of treating every transfer like a hit mm. as well, so you're making a conscious, you know, decision about the, the transfer that you're making, not just who you're bringing in, but like we just said, you know, who you're taking out as well, then, yeah, that could be a, a transfer that could be avoided. Yep, that's it. Uh, all right, cool. Thank you for your time today. Do you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah, I'll plug in my show. So I've been doing um, a very sort of off the cuff, uh, unprepared uh, show on um, on X um, Spaces, and I'm also doing that on YouTube. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've been bringing on some guests more recently as well, and uh, looking forward to bringing on more guests as well. So if anyone's interested in checking that out, they can uh, find it on um, you know um, FPL Mez Eight, um, and that's on YouTube and on tw- on Twitter or X um, as well. So yeah, um, 
very casual conversations. It'd be great to have you on there as well, Ryan. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a nice way of just getting to know the community as well and sharing my FPL journey um, mm -hmm. with the community too. Indeed. Uh, all right. And you can also find me, uh, Football Chatbox, on YouTube where I do weekly videos and deadline streams. That's it for this week's Scout the Game Week. We'll be back after Game Week 10 and hopefully after a successful wildcard, but we'll see. Uh, and looking ahead to Game Week 11, Green Arrows all.